Good morning. It's Monday, October 23rd. National iPod Day. Why? Because the first iPod came out. Are you ready for this? October 23rd, 2001. Hurt my own feelings there. It sold more than 400 million units before it went away. And the first iPod was $399, but held 1,000 songs. Which now it's like, eh, that's not that much compared to having, you know, Spotify or Apple Music in your pocket. But when you went from a 12-track CD player to a thousand songs in your little uh in your little pockets, and it wasn't gonna skip if you were to say um breathe while you were walking, that's insane. That was insane. And now the news. We, of course, start with the Israel-Hamas war, where Israeli warplanes struck Gaza, two Syrian airstrips, and a West Bank mosque on Sunday. On Saturday, 20 trucks entered Gaza for the first shipment of aid into the area since Israel closed the borders to any aid or supplies two weeks ago. Egypt also said 17 trucks went in on Sunday, but as of this recording, the United Nations has not seen any pass through. Meanwhile, the United States is still attempting to get Israel to delay their ground incursion in hopes of allowing more time for hostage negotiations. Two American hostages were released on Friday. Here in America, Samantha Wool, who is president of the board at a Detroit synagogue, was found murdered outside of her home on Saturday. Now, I want to be as clear about this as I have ever been about anything. This is a tragedy, full stop. It is absolutely horrific. And also, as of this recording, the police have not yet named a motive for her killing, nor have they named a suspect. It is important to know this happened. It is an absolute tragedy. And also, it is important to not jump to conclusions. And off that very serious story, we, of course, move right on over to another story that is serious, but also um, super embarrassing. After promising to stay in the fight, but losing his third round of votes while also not gaining back any defectors and, in fact, losing more votes, Jim Jordan is out of the race for speaker. Pretty bad week to be Jimmy Jords, to which we say, good. That dude sucks. But of course, now what? Because that was the second person that the GOP voted on to become speaker. And even though Steve Scalise did not get a full House vote, so far, no one else has the votes. The Republicans are expected to meet again today to try and figure out which nine new candidates might end up with a gavel. That's right, nine. Um, so no, I don't think we're getting a new speaker anytime soon, which is um, bad. Out of those nine, only two voted to certify the 2020 election, meaning that seven people that the Republicans want to put up as Speaker of the House are election deniers. Hakeem Jeffries is expected to continue to have the full support of the Democrats because he is the only House leader who has managed to unite his party this session. So, good job. Republicans in disarray! Hooray! Just kidding, this is terrible for our country. Very bad. And also, you know what? I'll be honest, I don't like that it rhymed. And then we've got some big... Trump 
crime update time. Updates for you. First, let's start with the news that broke on Friday when Kenneth Chesborough, apparently that's how you say his name, Chesborough, kind of a bummer. I, I liked it better when it was Cheesebro. Anyway, Chesborough was the author of the memo about how Republicans could just send fake electors to Congress. And on Friday, he pled guilty. That's right. That's now three of the original 19 folks who were all charged in the RICO election stealing crimes case have pled guilty. As a reminder, the other big fish. Oh, man, remember the movie Big Fish? Can't talk about it here because union solidarity, but um, it existed. Anyway, the other big fish who has pled guilty in the last few days is Sidney Powell, um, previously a Trump lawyer, Sidney Powell. And I'll come back to that in a second. Both Powell and Chesborough requested a speedy trial. But I guess that was not speedy enough because um, well, they both pled guilty. I cannot overstate what a big deal this is because Chesborough got five years probation and will have to pay restitution and do community service, plus write a letter of apology to Georgia voters in exchange for testifying at trial. So as a non-lawyer, it can be pretty obviously presumed that he gave up something really big for these fairly minor consequences for actions. And then let's go back to Sidney Powell, because as I mentioned, she pled guilty. And also, as I mentioned, she was a Team Trump, Trump World lawyer. Well, now Trump claims that she was never his lawyer. So why should we even believe anything she has to say? Has this dude ever once in his entire life spoken the entire dang truth? Just once, even on accident, you know? And let's go over the timeline here. On November 15th, 2020, Trump publicly said that he added her to his team of lawyers. She was also at the truly bonkers November 20th, 2020 press conference where she and America's mayor talked about how Venezuela and George Soros stole the election. And beyond that, she met with Trump often and usually with others. And others could be called, you know, witnesses to the time they spoke. Now, what she has said is that she never had a letter of engagement with Trump, which is also probably what Trump means when he says that she was never his lawyer if he understood anything about the law. So, yeah, probably technically she was not his official lawyer, but she acted on his behalf as, um, you know, lawyer-esque. Also, I'm not entirely sure that matters. He listened to her and then together they, as well as 17 others, worked to commit a crime against the voters of Georgia. And because of the way that these RICO cases are, it probably doesn't even matter whether or not she was officially his lawyer. They still did crimes. He still willingly attempted to commit a huge fraud against the state and the country. He still fully sucks. Now, if I were Trump, first of all, whoa, one of the more significant bummers of my lifetime. And also, I would, um, I would be big time quiet. Last week, Judge Chutkin, who is overseeing Trump's federal election stealing crimes case, issued a gag order that was meant to prevent him from talking about prosecutors, court staff, or potential witnesses. He was also issued a gag order in his civil trial for money crimes in New York. That's the one where he inflated or deflated the worth of his buildings, including square footage, because apparently that changes, to help with his deals or taxes to say that he is worth way more money and should easily get a loan or worth way less money and should pay less in taxes. 
That is his New York money crimes case. On Friday, he was fined $5,000 for violating the gag order in that case, with the judge warning that if he does it again, he will be subject to, quote, far more severe sanctions. So he's screwing things up in New York. In the federal case, although that gag order was temporarily lifted while First Amendment legal challenges play out, it still is like in the ether. So I don't know, my dude, I know you're physically incapable of doing this, but should you be interested in shutting your mouth for the first time in your life, this would be that moment. And that's it. That's the news. I'm proud of iPods. I definitely did not get the first iteration, but I know I was rocking some Mandy Moore coverage on that thing once I got it. Ooh, Kelly Clarkson breakaway. Um, you know what? Honestly, that's probably it. Just those two on loop. Not unlike now, to be honest. But more than, whew, can't say more than Mandy Moore or Kelly Clarkson because, duh, we stay proud. But how about um, more than iPods? Because you've evolved with the times. I'm proud of you.